What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast brought to you by Onyx Up Maps. Jordan here. Gonna tap through another episode of Tipsy Tuesday. It's June 7th. And yeah, we're gonna dive right into it here. So Robbie just reviewed the new book from Cameron Haynes called Endure. And that is up on rockslide.com. You can uh, just go look at the, the review that he did. And then uh, pull in one from the archives. I had uh, I pulled one from Les Welch back in, I think it was 2014, called Training Tips for Hunting the West. So those are a couple of Rockside articles that are apply to right now that are great. Go check those out. Um, new products. This isn't like a brand new product that's just been released, but to me... I just got uh, the new Matthews V3X 28-inch bow on my doorstep yesterday. So that's super exciting. Um, I'm really pumped to get it set up. I'm waiting on a couple more accessories to show up. And uh, in the future, in an episode, I'll run through the entire bow and the accessory setup and kind of what I got going on it. Um, I'm a 28-inch draw, so that's what I got there. I got the 28-incher. Um the Axle Axle 28, just so it's a little bit shorter. Uh, a couple years ago for a birthday present to myself, I bought the VXR when it came out. I got 28 inch on that too. Just a little more compact, uh, easier to carry. I think it, um, you know, I'm not a big archery bow nerd, but uh, I would rather have the compactness. I know that like the longer Axle Axle can give you, it's a little bit more forgiving. Um, but that 28 inch for packing around the mountains and in and out of blinds and things like that. I just, I like that a little bit better. And I shot, I shoot my VXR really well. I still, I still have it. So super excited to put this V3X, uh, through the paces this year. And yeah, I'll keep everybody kind of updated with what I end up putting on it for accessories, um, and what arrows and everything I end up shooting out of it. So yeah, stay tuned for that if you're interested. And then later this month, super exciting, Robbie's new book is coming out, Hunting Big Mule Deer, The Stories. And we talked about this in an episode of its own quite a few uh, episodes back at the beginning of January when Robbie announced that this book was going to be coming out. It is basically his first book that he wrote was more about the like tactics and how to. And this book is about stories, like long form stories. And he took stories in from a lot of different people, um, including actually myself. I wrote an art or uh, not an article. I wrote a story about the, the deer that I shot here in Idaho last year. And there are a lot of other authors in there too, that wrote uh, really great stories and you can pick up tips and things in those stories to apply it to the next uh, your next hunt. So that book is coming out later this month on Amazon. So late June or uh, later June, it's going to be coming out. So be on the lookout for that. And I'll of course be uh, keeping you updated on to it as well on the podcast. So on to uh, just going right into hot news. This one's kind of local for us right here in the Boise foothills. It's pretty crazy. Also, there were two wolves in mid-May that ended up killing 143 sheep, like domestic rancher sheep, which is sad, um, in a freak pileup. So it sounds like they got them, they got them running and whatever in a panic. And they basically, all the sheep like bunched up together and like crushed themselves. 
um, and suffocated each other as they were trying to escape and get away from the wolves. So, a uh, very sad situation. Um, yeah, so says, uh, the Boise foothills have been used for domestic sheep grazing for over 100 years, even though the area is frequented by wolves. says, between 5 and 14 wolves are removed from the area annually due to repeat incidents of livestock depredation. To date, there are roughly 1,600 wolves within the state, and while hunting and trapping wolves is permitted, wildlife management is still necessary for these sorts of issues. Since January 1st, 2022, hunters have killed 49 wolves statewide. Trappers have taken 81, and another 31 wolves were lethally removed by wildlife services. So, they're still putting a hurting on the wolves, but, I mean, as far as hunting them goes, they're they're hard to hunt, and um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's pretty sad, this whole deal, but, um, and that is not far from, from Boise, so, interesting. Okay, uh, Pope and Young announced a new world record velvet typical mule deer. Um, uh, the their judges were in Ogden, Utah, for the potential world record typical velvet mule deer. Um, Bodie Gardner's is uh, Gardner is the guy who shot it, and he taped out at two eighteen and two eights. It says it is now the largest bow harvested typical velvet mule deer in North America says uh, the deer was taken and entered into the program nearly 10 years ago and is now recognized as the new world record. So I don't know how that process goes, but it sounds like it can take, it can take a while. So that is what I got there. And then going on to Montana, there was a mistake in the non-resident elk license uh, situation in Montana for this year, so they have corrected it. So here's uh, basically what happened. Uh, so about 1,200 non-resident combination licenses were erroneously printed and mailed to non-resident hunters who had successfully drawn a license but elected to return them for a refund when they didn't uh, draw their chosen permit. Um, the licenses that are have been mailed to them are not valid and they cannot be used to hunt in Montana. It says Fish and Wildlife, they have contacted all the affected hunters and explained um, what has gone on, and they're asking them to return their licenses. Um, and then it says, for non-resident elk hunters who want to hunt in Montana in a district uh, with limited permits, they first need to draw the non-resident big game or elk combo license. And then the application process allows you to choose an 80% refund on that license if you don't draw the elk permit that you want. Um, or you can keep that general uh, big game or like combo license. It says applicants also have the option to return their elk license and keep only their deer license if they were unsuccessful in the elk permit drawing. So it says uh, these 1,200 hunters... Uh, had chosen one of the options, um, but they uh, accidentally got their tags sent to them anyways. But sounds like that is all corrected. So, all right. Now, moving on to the uh, the hot minute. I want to talk about like glassing. Now that scouting season is somewhat coming upon us, 
and uh, we're going to start hitting the glass hard and trying to, you know, go to new areas and, and try to find some, some deer and elk. So um, I want to talk about glassing tips a little bit. So obviously I think uh, a lot of us know to like get to a high point, um, but some things that are overlooked that I overlooked um, last year a little bit, just thinking about like last year and what I'm going to switch up this year uh, because of what I learned last year and apply uh, to this year, it's like, I didn't pay attention to the sun a, a whole bunch. And that ended up, uh, luckily I had asked, uh, like Robbie and Travis and some, uh, you know, people that are really knowledgeable in this. I had asked them about like, Hey, I'm going to glass this area. It's a long ways away. Like any tips for me? And they were like, make sure the sun is at your back. And the sun was definitely not going to be at my back when I had planned to go. So what I did is I just swapped out the evening and the morning. So then the sun was going to be coming up at my back in the morning. So here's like some of the things I guess that I had learned last year that to apply to this year a little bit. Well, and we'll see how it works. I'm sure I'll learn a hell of a lot more in the first couple trips as I go, but this is kind of my plan so far. So, um, paying attention to like the direction of the sun. So like, especially if you're glassing a, a long ways, extreme distances, um, obviously an animal that is lit up is a lot easier to see than an animal that is in the shade. So in the mornings, if you are looking West and you have the sun at your back, like you're good. If you are looking to the West and the sun is going to be setting in the West that can, you know, obviously be problematic to, um, to like the sun and your optics. So that obviously all that stuff makes sense. But the thing about the animals though, is that I think in the evenings, it seems like the, you know, obviously the sun is going to hit the mountain. It's going to cast a shadow over those like eastern facing slopes earlier and it seems like the animals are going to start getting up a little earlier in the evening because that slope is cooling down uh there's a shadow casted over it they feel a little bit more comfortable that there's not a sun beating down on them um so that is kind of the flip there is like in the evenings, you kind of want to be looking into those shadows and looking into the shade because that is where the animals are going to start moving, but that sun is going to be facing that direction as well, uh, or it's going to be hitting you from that direction as well. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult to see through your optics. So that's when like uh, getting, you know, your sunshades dialed, maybe you trying to sit in a shaded spot where the sun uh, can't hit you, but you can look into the shadows a little bit more and there won't be so much glare on your, your optics. Um, those are some things to think about. Maybe try to look into it instead of looking into it like straight on to the west. Look at it at an angle um, so you're not looking directly into the sun. I think some things like that are could be helpful. Um, in the mornings, I... it's It works out in the mornings because the sun is just going to come up at your back I think in those places where um, the slope, like the big slopes where you tend to see more animals anyways, just because of like feed and everything in earlier season. Um, but uh, but those are some things to think about. Like, you know, you even, you know, you talk about like when we were down in Arizona hunting elk, in the mornings, we were trying to face east 
and trying to glass all that stuff before the sun came up and was blinding you in your binoculars. And then that is when, when the sun came up is when you flip around to where the sun was at your back and you look the other direction. Um, so I don't know, that was some rambling and I don't know if it helped, but, uh, some things to, to think about there. Try to look at where your shade's going to be. Look at where the sun is going to come up and go down. Um, look at where you're going to be glassing from. Maybe try to get in some shade, um, to get away from that sun a little bit. It could, uh, make the difference between finding something and just completely missing it because, um, your optics are all blown out from the like sun spots and all the things. Um, other things like tripod setups. Um, one thing I would recommend is getting your, whatever tripod you have, swinging the legs out. So it's not just like if you have a tripod collapse in your pack, you pull it out, you pop the legs out. You, in my experience, you don't really just want to leave them like that. You want to try to get those legs as far apart as you can. So most tripods come um, it's not like an over center, but it's like, uh, you can extend them out, you know, two or three notches beyond just what is regular. And you can really spread those legs out and get a really wide platform. And that's just going to make things, uh, that's going to make things a lot more stable if you have some wind or, uh, when you have your bigger optics on there. So I like to sit down bring a a butt pad too is like nice. Just like get comfortable, get as comfortable as you can. Cause I really like to stick in my optics and really hit it hard. Just, you know, repetitively over the same ground, like hit that, especially when the sun is coming up, sit there for at least a couple hours, I would say. And, uh, yeah. So I like to sit down. I like the tripod over my body. So, Um, the way I usually do it is like you have a tripod. So three legs, I have the two back legs going on each side of my legs, like kind of down by my hips. And then I have the front leg going out in between my legs. And I usually, the two, usually you're sitting on some kind of slope. So the two legs going around your hips, um, are probably collapsed down as far as they will go. And then that front one, you can adjust it to get your, to get you level. And then, uh, and then I just, usually I can adjust my center post to match my eyes and then you just go to work glassing just like that. So, um, I would say get comfortable, hit it hard. I really like bringing my little stove with me so I can, I can make coffee. Um, and yeah, bring breakfast with you so you can just be there for a long time and, and just get comfortable hitting your optics hard, I would say. So that is what I got there. So. All right, going to jump in real quick and thank our great sponsors that help us bring this podcast to you. So first up, Onyx Maps. Been using Onyx for a long time. I got it on my iPad, on my phone, and on my computer. And it's really awesome how um, it all updates to each other. So I drop a pin on my computer. It updates to my phone. I drop a pin on my phone in the field. When I get back, it updates on the computer and I can bounce back and forth between those, which is pretty awesome. Uh, a really good resource for Onyx is their blog. So go subscribe to the blog. They have some great new articles that come out uh, quite frequently that relate to how you're using your app and, and everything like that. When they have new layers or new updates available, they update those on there as well. So they have a new tree species and habitat layer, which is 
really beneficial in a lot of ways. And then uh, they've had this for a long time, but they also have current and forecasted weather on board. So if you were to drop a pin, you can hit that pin and no matter where you are, you hit the pin, uh, scroll up and it will give you the weather that is closest to that pin, give you like current weather and forecast. So that's really awesome. And then uh, just a little tip from me is don't forget to save your maps before heading into the field now that we're starting to um, start to scout and do things like that. Going into new areas, don't forget to hop on and save those maps before you get out into the field. So go check those out and check out Onyx. If you use code ROCKCAST at checkout, you'll get 20% off. So go check that out. And now Black Rifle Coffee Company, uh, they have instant coffee and on the mountain, that is my absolute favorite. Uh, they have the little instant coffee sticks, which I do really like, and I drink them a lot. Um, they are a little darker on the darker side than I usually drink on an everyday basis, um, but they also have steeping bags, like little tea bag looking things, um, that seems to be like a lighter roast, not quite as heavy. So if you're a lighter roast person like myself, go check those steep bags out. I absolutely love them. Um, and then... ActiveJunkie.com still has been a growing hit on the Rockside forums. Uh, folks are starting to jump onto this thing and realizing how much money they can get in cash back and save. So um, if you go to ActiveJunkie.com forward slash Rockslide, uh, it will open up a page that has like a lot of like brands and, and retailers that apply to the things that we like to do in the hunting and fishing space and outdoor space. But what Active Junkie is is it is a website that has a lot of brands and retailers on it that basically if you go to Active Junkie, sign up for a an account, go to a brand or retailer that you want to purchase from, you click through the Active Junkie website to that retailer or brand, make a purchase like you normally would, and then Active Junkie on the back end is going to give you cash back for whatever you spent at that brand and retailer. And the coolest thing about the cash back is, is actually cash. It's not like a credit that you have to use in their store or only at their brands and retailers. You get it deposited right to your PayPal account or they cut you a check. And that happens every three months. So quarterly, they're going to send out uh, your cash back and it can be up to 20% at any of the brands and retailers, just depending on what that is. And here are some of my top brands and retailers. Um, Sierra Trading Post. You already save a lot at Sierra because they're discounted. So you get more cash back if you go through Active Junkie. Um, Moose Jaw has some really good backpacking and camping equipment. Um, Shields, as far as hunting, fishing, camping, anything sports related that you want. Shields is a kick-ass retailer. Um, a couple that are out of like hunting and fishing is Apple. So... If you're jumping on to get anything, Apple, computer, whatever, you can get cash back through Active Junkie. Um, Lowe's, I talk about it all the time, but we do a lot of home improvement stuff, so Lowe's is awesome. Uh, you have Sunglass Hut, and then you also have a couple travel ones too. Booking.com is one, Hotels.com, and Expedia are just a few that you can get cash back through on travel, which is awesome, something we all do. And then Garmin is another one that you get back and this is these are just a few they're like 1500 brands and retailers on activejunkie.com so if you go to activejunkie.com forward slash rockslide you will get to the landing page that gives you a lot of the brands and retailers that most relate to us but there are a ton 
of others on there to go check out. So go check out activejunkie.com. And then First Light hunting apparel. Uh, been using First Light for a long time. Uh, you know, the kings of merino wool, I would say. And they're, um, they got a lot of new awesome stuff coming out. They just kicked out some new lifestyle apparel, which we all love kicking out lifestyle apparel stuff. I don't know. I do anyways. And then, uh, one thing I wanted to know as well is they have duffel bags, like really kick-ass duffel bags, um, waterproof material. There's three different sizes. Uh, they have this thing where like the, the lid, when you unzip it, it folds over and has a spot where you can put your feet. So they call it a landing pad so you can get ready on it. Um, I have one that I keep like all my snowboarding stuff in. I want to keep all my gym stuff in. Uh, I have one that I keep all my camo clothing in and like the giant one is, uh, what I throw camo in before I'm going on a trip or whatever else, clothing, footwear, any of that stuff I put in there and then um, you can get dressed on it, which is really more tailored towards whitetail hunters that are getting dressed at the truck before they walk in to the stand. But anyways, that is what's going on over at First Light. And yeah, upcoming episodes. Um, actually, first, before upcoming episodes, workout of the week. I haven't done this in a long time. I wanted to kick out that Mount Tough has a Mountain Tough Plus now, which is an app in all platforms, a really easy to use, awesome app. And it is now a subscription also instead of purchasing outright. So it opens it up a little more obtainable for everybody. Um, I encourage you to hop on and do a 14 day free trial. And I would say, even if you have access to a gym and weights and things like that, um, I would do one of the body weight or the pack programs first. Um, you can do it from your house or from your, uh, from your garage. You don't have to have weights or anything. If you do one of the pack programs, you just have to have your backpack, uh, that's like a weighted backpack. Um, but I would do one of those and just experience what it's like to really get your ass kicked in a body weight program. And, um, yeah, so go check those out at, uh, Mountain Tough. And yeah, so upcoming episodes, we have a mule deer question and answer episode coming with Robbie. And then we have an elk question and answer episode coming, hopefully with kind of a round table group of fellas. And yeah, if you're interested in either of those, go to the Rockside forums, go to the mule deer sub forum and it's on there and the elk sub forum and it's on there as well. Throw your questions in and we will try and answer them. There is a ton of mule deer questions. I don't know how we're going to get through the whole thing, but we will And with that, check out the summer scouting episode with Robbie that we recorded last year. It's uh, it's a fantastic episode. I just listened to it the other day on the way back from a um, very short scouting trip. And yeah, good things to uh, refresh on. And of course, Robbie's a a wealth of knowledge. So go check things out and uh, we will talk to you guys on the next episode.